Welcome to Highly Political, a podcast where two passionate ladies smoke weed, talk politics, laugh, and sometimes cry. With special guests from the world of comedy, cannabis, and politics. We haven't worked on Capitol Hill, but that's okay. We're paying attention, and so should you. We want you to be informed, like little democracy angels. So pack your bowl, grab some snacks, and let's get into it. And remember, when they go low, we get high. Today we're smoking cherry pie, the baby of Granddaddy Perp and Durban Poison. With dense buds full of orange hairs, the strain smells sweet and sour, just like you guessed it, cherry pie. Effects have been known to come on in minutes, then stick around for hours. We are joined by friend of the pod, Zach Reiner-Harris, to discuss the second round of Democratic debates. Who came on top? Who looked like a dummy? And how did Tulsi Gabbard get that white streak in her hair? All right, T. Light it up! Welcome, Zach. Mm. Thank uh, you, Zach, friend of the pod. I'm really happy to be here. Uh, oh, <laughs> you really are. <laughs> um, I, I think I told Tiana this, but I can't. I don't know if you were the first or the second, but you were one of the first to review our podcast. <gasps> yeah, I think he was first. And was no, really, someone beat me. I remember. I think my. I think oh. friend of the pod, Matt Kaczynski. Shout out, Matt. There actually, I think were two before me. What? But Look it's because us. I took a long time to write it. It was a very thoughtful, it was really, yeah. too long review. <laughs> so listen, just like Zach, and write reviews. Be like Zach. Everyone, yeah. go read my review. Can you like people's reviews? After mine, yeah. <laughs> they're gonna add the I feature. Think, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you can say if the review is helpful, right? Oh. I know well. on Yelp you can say if it's funny, helpful, or. I hate when people say they're funny on (laughs) Yelp. They're never funny. But should a review on Yelp be funny? Yeah. I'm not here for fucking comedy. Should I order the chicken parm or not? People put funny if they think someone's being, like, unreasonable. Ah. I don't leave Yelp reviews, so. I don't leave Yelp reviews, but I highly um, depend on the reviews of other people. Like, I'll be looking at a restaurant, they'll have, like, four and a half stars, and there'll be hella good reviews, and there'll be, like, one bad review, and I'll be like... Do I want to go here? But I'm also super indecisive or in, indecisive when it comes to food. So yeah, you love it so much. I, oh my god. So does I, Zach. You I think we're similar. Out, oh my yeah, god. Yeah, you guys should go out to eat. I together. literally, my so my sister and I are going on a trip soon, and I listed in the four days that we're on the trip what meals based on like the flights that we have we're going to be able to eat in each country. <gasps> and I sent her a list like, okay, in Barcelona we're going to have, you know, tapa because she gets there in the mid afternoon tapas then dinner then a quick breakfast before our flight to lisbon and then in lisbon we're gonna have snacks this this and that and i just sent a whole list and she was very excited about it that ugh, i want to do that <laughs> the sangria really in spain is lit oh my god i'm so excited it's the best sangria i've ever had i'm really excited mm. Mm. i like fantasize about going with you then i know you had a chance you could have bought those cheap ass tickets i really could have how round, cheap round trip la to barcelona like 480 wow i know that's like what I pay to go back to Jersey for the holidays. Oh, my God. Really? Mm. So we're here to talk Democratic debates. Woo-hoo! Debates. Debates. Um, Zach, I feel like, did more research than me for this episode. Because he, he was sending me articles. And I, I was like, oh, my guest. God. Well, I spend, I, a, I spend a lot of my time just reading the news. Kind of like instead of having a hobby, because mm. I'm not in the profession of journalism or politics. Right. And obviously, you don't need to be to talk about it. But it's like kind of like a compulsion. It's like the apps that you use every day. For me, it's like the news one. Mm. Just to see like just how much the world can disappoint me today. <laughs> fair. Fucking <laughs> fair. I just want to know. I want to know the extent of it all. I get really excited when I see like a happy news article. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Nor can I. To share with you guys. It's been pretty dark it's been in the dark. last couple of days. Every time my little news app's like, I'm like, what now, bitch? What? Who's dead now? Yeah. So many people. My God, so many people. We'll get into that a little bit later. A lot of people died this last week. Um, wow, I love your wine cups. They're so cute. Ross. Thank you, Ross, for um, providing me with um, affordable glassware. I appreciate you. <laughs> um, I'm not drinking because I just bought a new Evie. Oh my god, did you drive her over here? Yes. How is she? How's she handle? I mean, I love her. Zach, what do you 
What do you think? How does she handle? She, well, I haven't driven her, but as a passenger, <laughs> she handles well. Um, I, there's a regener- regenerative mode for the battery. So when you hit the, um, when you break, um. so there's a little. <laughs> when Are you, you sure hit, you're not drinking? Oh my God. No, I'm just like tired and high. This podcast will I'm, be used I'm carb- carbed and high. Um, That's right. So when you hit the brake, the there's a little green arrow, like a re- like it looks like a little recycle sign, Ooh. and it goes over the battery, and it it adds miles and like charges the the battery, gives it a little charges. So is your car also take gas, or is it mm. only electric? No gas. No gas, bitch. What? A full charge on my Chevy Bolt will get me two hundred and thirty eight or two hundred and forty miles. Oh, wow, Chevy Bolt. Yeah. Chevy, would you like to um, sponsor this podcast? Seems like an easy plug. Just it, Yeah, seriously. Um, How does that translate into miles per gallon? I don't know. Like, a full tank of gas gives you, like, what? Two, my old car, a full tank of gas got me 298, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Or maybe 300. Mm. So it compares very nicely. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, you're not using gas, so that's great. That's right. My boy Jay Ensley would be so excited. Oh my my green daddy. I mean, honestly, after these debates, just really, I mean, no offense. I know he's not going to win, but I really wish Jay Ensley could win. I wish we lived in a world that would accept Jay Ensley as president. He just has such kind, sweet eyes. You've been saying this from the get-go. And I've been saying that from the get-go. I will say it again. He reminds me of Woody Harrelson. Yeah, he does kind of look like a Woody Harrelson's, like, Maybe like sweet, m- more mature, older brother. The, the Randy Quaid to the Dennis Quaid of, wow, the, of the, totally. the Harrelsons. Yeah. Well, I, get, I get a little Randy Quaid from Jansley too. <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> My God. But yeah, I just feel like Jay would just, he makes me feel safe. You know, I feel like well, in a disaster, he would just like hold me and I'd just be like, you're right, Jay, it's going to be okay. And he'd have like a plan for us, escape. I, I mean, who cares about the future of the planet? Yeah, yeah. he's like a sweet grandpa. Like he literally and he's is also a cool. sweet grandpa. He really is. Follow him on Instagram, be... guys, because you get some really wholesome content. Oh my god, there should be a strange sweet grandpa in honor of Jay Ensley. <sighs> Cannabis brands, you hear you hear us, you make that sweet grandpa straight. Oh my god, the sweet grandpa. And um, it's, it's literally sweet. Ooh. Like it tastes sweet. And it's like super <laughs> grown very uh what's the word when you grow things? Better for the planet. I can't think of the word right now. Oh, um, wait. Like sustainable. sustainable. Yeah. <laughs> you got there first. <laughs> Biodynamic. Yeah, there you go. All that shit. Mm. Sweet J. But, okay, he <gasps> wasn't. The sweet J. The sweet J. Today we're smoking the sweet J. <laughs> a cross between sweet grandpa <laughs> and Prius. <laughs> One day we'll live in a world. We all can smoke a sweet J. I mean, we're smoking a sweet J right now. Okay, uh, cherry pie. Um, okay, so I love cherry pie. Jay Ansley was in debate night two, right? Yes. Okay, so let's let's just talk about let's start these debates with debate one, and maybe even bring it back to our pilot episode mm. where we talk about you know just a little reminder. Mm-hmm. You know, we haven't talked about these candidates in the same way in a while. I'm surprised there's still so many. I'm surprised that Yang Yang Yang. Um, Shout out to uh, Nick. Yang Yang. Yang Yang. And my friend Brianna, who literally I opened my door. They were coming back from the BSB concert, the Backstreet Boys concert. And they they sit at my house. And we were talking about the candidates. And she was tipsy on my couch. Two peace signs. Yang Yang. Yang Yang. And she's converting all of her coworkers. So I love that. But it's crazy that I didn't think he would even be here today. I I thought that he wouldn't even make the debate stage. Well, Well, he's got a lot of, um, he's excited a lot of people. You know, I think it's kind of like Bernie a few years ago where it's like this kind of like underground and like people are tired Mm. and they're they're listening to the things that Yang is saying and it's kind of different and they they relate to it a little bit more than any other candidate and they kind of see themselves in him. And I think that kind of helps that grassroots kind of fire kind of happen. And I think there's something else going on where like ever since 2016 there's a higher expectation placed on higher expectation <clears throat> moving close from the microphone oh. <laughs> testing there's a higher expectation amongst young people to pay attention to politics because right. I know people from my year of high school or whatever you know the people that you are your peers right because of age a lot of them were like proudly apolitical 
Mm. But now being apolitical is something. <gasps> Jacqueline. Oh, I think oh, Jacqueline wants to get on your lap. Oh. Jacqueline's not a part of this podcast. Put me up Sorry, here. baby. What year did you graduate high school? 2005. Okay, cool. I'm not going to say like something crazy like, oh, you know, like uh, 2014. I'm like, I'm old. <laughs> oh, my God. No, actually, I'm, I'm in fact older. I graduated in 2004, <gasps> so oh, I'm actually shit. the oldest. Wait, I thought <laughs> you were so young. <laughs> yeah, everybody looks, everybody looks young here. Yeah, we do all You have today. a fetus face. Oh my god, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. So, uh, first round of debates. Who were the, it was Bernie, Warren, Marianne Williamson. Yes. Um, Delaney. Yes. The Montana guy. Beto. Steve Bullock. Oh god, so un- so forgettable. Um, Steve, Bull- Steve Bullock was more memorable than Beto. Yeah, I'm over Beto. Um, was Julian Castro on that? No, one? Julian Castro no. was night two. Wouldn't know either. <laughs> <laughs> um, are we missing any anybody else? Well, there's ten, so let's see. Yeah. Okay, ready? So night one. So you guys, you don't know it, but we just spent 15 minutes looking this up because uh, <laughs> no, 15 minutes is a gross graduate. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's like five minutes. Five minutes. Five. Five's fair. Five minutes. Five is fair. But it's embarrassing nonetheless because we all watch these debates, which is why there shouldn't be so many fucking candidates running. Okay, ready? Yeah. We got Bernie, Beto, Warren, Buttigieg, Delaney, Klobuchar, Hickenlooper, Ryan, Williamson, and Bullock. Is that his name? Montana? Steve Bullock? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Who I like. I mean, he's fine. Zach and I were talking about it, but he has no charisma. He can't I, out-charisma yeah. Trump. Everything he says sounds like he's reading it off of a teleprompter even when he's not mm. and I, that that doesn't make it's like there's one in his eyes mm. so he's a robot i really want to do an impression but that's like maybe that's um are we post impressions are impressions rude now no do an impression no. what the fuck well i just believe that the american people really should just believe in me because i say i'm a democrat who does all the good things democrats should do like be pro-choice but then also capitulates to republicans in ways like this and if we don't maintain that delicate balance then donald trump will get elected again wow (laughs) i'm so happy you went with that that was amazing and i mean but you're you're so right yeah perfectly summarizes like Maybe the that's moderate. Why, well, I think yeah. that's, for, at least for me overall, like the debates were just kind of boring to watch almost because it, I feel like everybody was kind of doing that. Like, oh, I'm saying this because I know this is what you want to hear. Or, oh, I'm going to massage this topic because it's going to mm-hmm. ignite or make people these people excited. And then again, everybody going back and forth and like with these little tiny little like stabs at each other. It just really felt <clears throat> like everybody was like, OK, this is my 60 second Instagram video. Well, yeah. which is on, but you know, like, okay, what can I say in these six? Well, and of course, because there's 95,000 people on the stage, I only had like 10 right. seconds to answer any question. Sometimes when the moderator would ask the question, I felt like they had longer to ask the question than the candidate did to answer the question. I felt that too, especially there was one part with Tim Ryan too. They asked him a question. He was two sentences in and then they were like, okay, you're and, good. Okay. You're good. And it was also interesting to see like like how people kind of force their way over their clock you know like some people just you could just they just were so rehearsed just going into their little mini speech and they it's like they didn't even hear the moderator and then some you could tell got got a little anxious like oh oh my god it's almost over let me just oh it's okay can i just say one more thing it's okay if i just say one more thing it's like so i thought that was kind of just interesting to see like the assertiveness Mm. of each candidate um and like some of them like like kamala was just like um no i'm not fucking done speaking yet so i will finish thank you And then yeah. some like Tim Ryan really was like, oh, okay. Oh, pardon me, sir, if it's okay if I finish Not, yeah. my, my final thought. Yeah, so, so what do you think it means when someone is assertive like that? Is, there, like, is that a good quality or is it a troubling quality? Uh, I think on the debate stage when you're trying to get your time across and get the most attention, basically, like that's the operative, like that's the operative, right? Right. Then I think if you're it's assertive. Good. I think it's different if you're like finishing a thought or finishing a statement versus mm. over talking another um candidate uh, right so yeah. like if you're trying to out like talk over somebody like i don't think that's assertive like i think that's rude i think right. that's like weak like you yeah. don't want them to get their point across but if you only had 30 seconds to say something that lasts 60 seconds i think being assertive in that moment and being like no this is important i'm just gonna say it as quickly as i can like they didn't like run on and on and on and on i didn't feel like like there was actually too much interruption yeah, I, th- I thought they were all pretty polite. I mean, 
Bernie to a certain extent, but that's just his style. I don't, it wasn't too much for me. I thought they were all being polite. And the thing about this debate stage though, which is very annoying, is that a lot of them are, have basically the same stance on many blanket issues that the American people uh, are interested in, right? Mm. So because of this, they have to spend so many like nuances on the exact, like um, the exact like contingencies of each plan, right? right? So Medicare for all, a lot of them want it, but it's like, how are we gonna do it? How are we gonna do it? And so to me, I thought the debates were boring in that respect where it was too much about little tweaks that I lost patience for. Fair. But I don't think, it, <clears throat> excuse me, I also, I also think it's interesting. I mean, mostly that, with healthcare. That people can have, you know, overall the same opinion or idea about something or want the same, like, outcome or, you know, same common goal, but fiercely debate on, like, how to reach that goal mm-hmm. and, and why and because. And, well, this is going to cost this much and this is going to be, you know, um, the effects of this and blah, blah, blah. I just think it's interesting and kind of gives more of an idea of why it takes so long to make things happen. Because even when you agree on like the final result, like you're not always going to agree on how to get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why I feel like it really is coming down to, it's like a, a fundamental question of, do you like, I guess I feel like what a lot of the moderate Democrats are afraid of is having to feel like they need to atone for something they've mm. done that, made sense in a different climate Mm. like Mm -hmm. bernie had that good jab at john delaney in the debate he was like maybe for you when you used to profit off of health care that philosophy made sense but i've Mm. never done that so it doesn't make sense to me i mean that's that's good that i you know i'm not voting for bernie probably unless he's the nominee Mm. but but that is an interesting take like and i guess it was sort of something I was on the other side of like debate wise in the last election because I was so pro Hillary during the primaries and I would get mad at people who were supporting Bernie because I thought they were weakening her electoral chances against Trump. Mm. But I I remember back then the argument, it seemed kind of unfair to be so like puritanical about what constituted a, a real progressive Mm-hmm. But now that's almost being taken for granted that, that even happened, and it's just the new normal in terms of at least the way the media is reporting it. Yeah. But does that really refre- reflect the whole voting constituency, mm. or is it just the the amount of voters that are using social media? Fair. I just think the amount of so the, to me the right is going in a really kooky, scary direction, right? And no matter how far the left the left goes, we're still not going to be as right as like a, a Trump a Trump supporter like who goes to his rallies, right? Mm. That's that's really radical in terms of the voter, right? So for me, I almost think it's I enjoy the outcome of that, and I like that it's like this now. To really, I mean, watching a debate on it was annoying because I feel like it's some people are wasting our time, which mm. you know. But otherwise, um, I think it's. I think it was for the best. I like it too. Yeah. I mean, it kind of. I was devastated for like right. years. Yeah. After mm. you know, two. Still am. Still <laughs> devastated. And yeah, it's devastating, literally and like you know, emotionally. But. And that's why we have to win. So who but who it, did you guys like? I guess it really is like yeah, like people who seem. Okay. Yeah. Who did you like? <laughs> <laughs> um. For night one, um, Bernie and Warren. Warren. Yeah. Warren. I think she I think killed it. The Delaney jab, the, you know, mm-hmm. the, the sound bite heard across the world was nuts. I don't know why anybody runs for president to talk about why they don't have solutions yeah. or something. It was, but it was, yeah. And he looked like a little, I don't know, just like smiling worm. I did oh. not know what to say. He's like, uh, thanks, bitch. And she really, I mean... If you're, if you're, why are you running for president, basically? Yeah, if you, know? you have yeah. Like, nothing to say about what, what you're yeah. going to do when you're fucking and, president. But it resonates because, yeah, John Delaney, why the fuck are you running for president? Honestly. Well, but there are a lot of them where I was like, really? You came all the way here. Your friends are really telling you, there's the next president of the United States of America. Like, you believe that? No. You know? So, yeah, Delaney looked like, uh, you know, he did, did not do well, in my opinion. 
Yeah, and also the Bernie jab about taking money from the from working in healthcare. Yeah. yeah. But it, it is interesting, like the seismic shift of of making it seem immoral to support private insurance. If people who are are, you know, anyone who isn't a millennial who's voting, who has seen that as like a normal part of their existence mm-hmm. right. and their identity as an American. <coughs> Maybe they shouldn't have, but how is it going to be possible to tell people just because you feel like it's something you're attached to, we have a better idea for the whole country? Right. Right. And, you know, it's funny about the the private versus public is odd because a lot of a, lo- a lot of the economy is shifting to like a gig economy, like contractors, right? Mm. Uber, mm. it's all the way. And then all these helpful Republican bills like the tax cut they're very anti-labor anti-union helping these corporations um like divest from the health coverage of their employees and contract them out so then those contractors have to get their own public option like Mm. so you see you know like it's gonna it's gonna help solve a lot of damage that republican bills are doing to people who really need health care right which Mm. i it's not they can't mention that. That's going. That's digressing a little bit. I mean, it's right, right, right. Interesting. But I, it's like so. Nice. That's why I'm really into Ber- burning. Like knows what's up, and he his whole thing is who. Let's try it. Let's try it. Who yeah. cares? Like who cares? Right, right. What What was the who was talking to him? When they try and tell Bernie, like, oh, you don't know, like, what this would be. And he's like, I do know, because I wrote the damn bill. Yeah, I think it was Delaney. I think it was Delaney. <laughs> I, I was Ooh, like, Delaney oh. got it, may have been, it may have been Bullock, actually, because I know that they also had a. I think exchange. it might have been Bullock. Or, or it was Bullock. And Hick and Looper also had a thing with Bernie, oh, I keep too. forgetting he was there. Yeah. He, oh, my God, that was so embarrassing. When Bernie, like, raised his hand. Or, no, Hick and Looper was like, yeah, raise your hand again. And Bernie was like, okay. And it got a laugh from oh, the crowd. Yeah. And then Hick and Looper was like, I can raise my hand, too. And it was just. That's a, another thing is, that, I mean, obviously, Bernie had a sizable chunk of the audience that mm-hmm. was there for him. With the claps. But he got laughs, and no one else got laughs. Mm. Getting laughs is, you know. I think it's important. Yeah. Yeah. He he senses, like, irony. Mm. I mean, he's also, well. Oh, he's also the oldest I was going to say he's the oldest, but Joe Biden is not a great sense of the room, you know? I totally forgot Buttigieg was there. Buttigieg? Oh. Buttigieg? Yeah. Buttigieg? Buttigieg. 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 I don't, I think it's, like, might be German or something. I don't know, but he was there. You're giving it a French flavor, I like. I kind of always do that. Um... He was there, and he's the youngest, 37. Mm. Well, he was forgettable, I guess. He was just he was pretty mild-mannered and just saying... I don't know. I've, I feel like... I think we've talked about this before, Sam, about being ageist when it comes to the candidates, and I think I'm like the opposite, where I'm like, 37 just seems like too young. Yeah. Oh, just about four years older than me? Like, fuck, I ain't <laughs> trying to run this goddamn yeah. country. Like, come on. I like a, like a 42 sounds good to me. Yeah, 45. I think 45. 45? I think instead of 35, I think it should be 45. Mm. But yeah, I was thinking he felt too young, too. And, you know, oh, it was him and Klobuchar had an odd thing with gun control. They were trying to recount control. They were trying to recount stories. And Klobuchar just, or was it healthcare? Why did she keep saying six-year-old, six-year-old, six-year-old? Do you remember, Zach? Why did she, like, kept saying six-year-old, six-year-old? Gun Global control, Trump. right? Was oh, yeah, because she, because after Sandy Hook, yes, 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 and then and then Pete Buttigieg was like, well, uh, I I was uh, the f- you know I I was in col- or like I was the first generation. I was in high school when Columbine happened, basically. Mm. Oh, so I he's trying to like one up her. Oh, Buttigieg, yeah, yeah, but their gun control policies both great. Uh, speaking of gun control, uh, three mass shootings in like less than a week. Well, this is maybe a hot take on the subject. It's not really. Hmm, hot take. So it, 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 it's only like a political hot take, okay. maybe. Mm-hmm. But I was reading an article about the amount of gun deaths in the country, how no ma- like though mass shootings get the media attention and the moral panic and like outrage, that they don't actually amount a majority of gun deaths. Mm. The percentage, mm-hmm. It's a small percentage, percentage compared to like the one-offs. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gun like violence has gone down in America as well. But it doesn't seem that way. But I Well, that's sad that. if it doesn't even re- seem that way. That's how bad it is. Exa- it's like, guys, yeah. we're killing each other. 
a little, a little less. less. Yeah. I, I and this article was arguing that the disc, that like something about the the talking about mass shootings isn't the solution or isn't the best like gun control ad- advocates are saying it's mm. actually not mm. it's not what they're most interested in even though i see it is what gets attention i want did it say in the article what they think is the best way to bring awareness to it probably or- <laughs> <laughs> i wonder if because it's not quite awareness because it's becoming more normalized so if they keep if the news media keeps covering mass shootings and mass shootings every day, it's it, like it's normalized now. Right. You know, it's a news story and a news story and a news story. So maybe that maybe that might be a point as to why they don't think um, a drawing attention to mass shootings helps awareness because mm. it just normalizes it for us, which makes it even worse. Right. Ugh. But yeah, they all have. I mean, Klobuchar talked about setting up to the NRA. Buttigieg basically said the same thing, but didn't like worded it a little bit differently. So I. I love all, oh uh, Cory Booker. No, it's night yeah. two. Oh, no, sorry, you sorry. Wait, he is he's a he has a gun plan, I believe. So, NRA staff, guns, I'm all we're on the right track. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> oh yeah, but night one, like you said, I think Warren and Bernie they're most memorable, and I think that really matters. You know, especially with Trump winning, like he's like he won for a reason because well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to get into why he won. But um, <laughs> aside from the fact that, like, you know, he's really great at these, like, sound bites and just, like, over the top and people are talking about him. And I think that matters, right? <coughs> and I think if you're a candidate, even if you have, like, the most amazing ideas, if you don't kind of capture, like, the people or you don't have a certain amount of charisma, mm-hmm. um, you're not, like... Yeah, so it's so by Delaney, by Hickenlooper, like, yeah. by Bullock, Klobuchar, I'm, like, kind of... I mean, she can stay for like the next debate. I'll like watch her. Yeah, she's def- she's def- she's already qualified, so yeah. she'll be there. Yeah. So, yeah, like the, you're not you you don't have the charisma. Just you might have the policy knowledge, and you might have run your own business, and you might think, yeah, my ideas are great, but there is something you have to acknowledge about yourself. Yeah, you be realistic. Well, you gotta figure out your like your role in the pack. Yeah. You know, everyone's the alpha. So, like, how can you support this pack with your great ideas? Sure, but I don't think you're gonna be like the poster child for america and my and that's the president you know and my bad bitch president is gonna be fucking warren she is she wolf she an alpha dog but she's very nice about it though she's she's as confident as bernie without being as annoying as um temperamental yes (laughs) so it seems like i mean because she can get heated but it's in a way that never feels like you're worried Mm. you're so right I'm, I mean, yeah. I'm never like worried Bernie's gonna like you know become violent, but no, no. <laughs> you know, there's a right. progression to violence. It like she's always teaching you a lesson, kind of, and it's mm. like it's caring. It's, and it's like it's like please let me warm. help you versus yeah. why don't you already know that this is the case? Exactly. You know, uh, exactly. well, that's actually I think so that was too. Nixon. Yeah, Nixon and Bernie. Hmm. Meh. Meh. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, so obviously the comparison no one's making. <laughs> you heard it here, yes. guys. So obviously those two, right, Warren Bernie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, not surprised. I yeah. thought they did, all did great. Uh, debate night two was a little more interesting. I feel like I, I got a little more like I felt like you got more of the name brand candidates. You know what mm, I mean? Yeah, yeah, you got yeah. Biden, Kamala, yes. Booker. Who the fuck else is on there? Ensley. Ensley. Okay, my <laughs> Jay, <laughs> sweet Jay. Mm. Um, Tulsi. Tulsi. Oh, she like was feeling really proud of herself. Oh, she was. Fe- okay, her oh. like image team really. I mean, she. I want to kiss her. <laughs> I want to give her a little kiss. You have a good girl. Come she on. got rid of the gray. I can always no. tell when it wasn't there. Sam's like really impressed by a lady because every time, basically, she'll tell me, "I want to kiss her." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I think she means it. Yeah, go for it. She was one of those people that I saw, like you know, like behind the scenes Instagram videos of her like getting ready, and it was like showed like her brother or her dad. They're all giving like the shaka, like yeah. Mm. And then like they showed her, and her brother was like, "Next president of the United States." I was like, "It's kind of bold, bro. There's 20 candidates, okay." <laughs> Kind of old. That's fun though. Yeah, it's fun. Like, I think that she muted the white. I was still I there. I can't see it. I believe it was still there. If anyone knows where Tulsi Gabbard's white streak went, it's please. Rogue from X Men. Oh, 
Mm. Yeah, she was feeling like you could tell like she was really excited when she went for Kamala in that moment. And it was kind of funny when she said the whole thing about like you put so many people away for marijuana and then you like laughed when asked if you've smoked it. I was like, and like it was also funny because Kamala's face was kind of like, okay, bitch, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay, she you was... came with facts. Oh, okay. Okay. We'll it, was, it, was a, <laughs> it was a low blow because it was like an argument that was told at its most like at the way that it would sound the most right. poignant, yeah. but it's not, there was not a direct parallel. But to what she was asked and the answer that she gave in that moment. And also just to her record, like mm. she didn't personally incarcerate and right. she didn't oversee, you know, the climate of her office is not a reflection of her character. And if it is, then no one's, then Bernie isn't, isn't, you know, can't really probably claim that kind of sanctimony either. Right, they, they need the her to be of, a purist, like a yeah. progressive purist. Right. There's something about, like, the idea of drawing a parallel between her laughing about pot and yet working in an office right, 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 where low-level drug offenses were prosecuted. She, I all, mean, she also it, seems practical, It's worth talking though. about, but yeah. when it's boiled down to such a, like, it, that to well, me seems this, like a misleading And that's statement. the thing that I was talking about. Like, I felt like everybody was looking for, like, their sound bite or their vile crip. The yeah. clip, you know, where everybody's going to be like playing this over and over again and listening to it out of context and like, what does it really mean? And not going actually doing the research to be like, well, is what she's saying true? Or does she just have like a moment that she sounded really, you know, like assertive and had these facts and this point? So she was like coming for her versus like, I mean, did she really get her? It's, it's, mm -hmm. I think she got her in the optic, but it, it's, it's like a half truth, you know, mm -hmm. because. She did do she she um she wanted to take marijuana off the DEA list, so that's good, like for their class ones or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then she also she um and she she wasn't for legal use. She was only for it medically, mm. not for recreationally. And she does say that drug selling harms communities, which it does really harm some inner city communities. Right. So I think she might just have a. You know, uh, I, I don't I want it in my communities. I don't want to bring in crime, perhaps. Right. She cares about more of that than the than what it could do on a larger scale. I don't know. I don't I, I want to know why she's not sold on weed. And I just don't lobbyists in California. Weed lobbyists. They they stopped backing her and they started backing the Republican. Oh, wow. Yeah. In San Francisco anyway. But, uh, yeah, I mean, she wasn't she wasn't responsible for putting. Right. It wasn't like she was like, stop. When the they're about to be off scot-free and she came in like, no, you're going to jail. There, there no. was also something with Prop 8 that she didn't want to. She it was legalized in California and she didn't she did. She decided not to use California's resources to help it when it was in the Supreme Court. She was mm. trying to stay objective. neutral, objective. Yeah. And That's the, the line. You know, is that what she's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that that is really her argument for for every criticism, or I don't I don't even think she's making the only thing that this is the thing she doesn't actually make these arguments for herself. They're just all the things I read in the fact checks. Mm. So there are nuances that she could explain the same right. way they're explaining it, but even just the act of doing that reads as apologizing, right, and, and like equivocating. Then, but as of 2017, she was down for decriminalization. That's the, th I, the I timing was, is all. Yeah. She, she, that's the thing is that people are like, she's recently in the last few years become more progressive and in the Senate, I mean, she's a junior Senator, but she has, she's seen as having a really strong progressive criminal justice plan or mm -hmm, ideas. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Sean King famously has said that he thinks that criticism of her record is overblown and that though he is still critical of it that she has shown that even if she's flip-flopping on it in her career that now she's committed i agree mm. and i, I don't agree. think he would say that unless yeah. he really thought that. meant that yeah and yet other people still say that that she's she's a you know like a cop right right and but also too i mean like you uh you were you gave me a pretty uh, like kind of alarming statistic actually that most prosecutors are white men like 97 percent or something yeah there's there were Damn. two statistics it was i'm it was one was 90 percent one was 80 percent i'm okay, pretty sure it was 90 percent are white and 80 percent are men 
Okay. And so an argument could be had very much like I was Across kind the of country, like yeah, state prosecutors. As I was talking about Hillary, you know, back in the day that she had to do make a lot of compromises mm. and do a lot of things to fit in and try to change right. the rules by knowing them and getting embedded in with them, getting basically mm-hmm. in bed with them first, right? Yeah. I was actually funny. I was just talking to some girl recently about kind of having to play kind of play that game. And I told her, I was like, listen, if you're winning at Monopoly, but everybody else is playing Uno, it doesn't matter. Oh! You know, so like. <laughs> I love your sayings. You're so, so wise. Like, like the thing is, like, sometimes it, it may not be something uh, that how you would run, run the game or the game you even want to play. But the point is, like, can you win at every game? And are you willing to and, and can you be aware of, like, what game's being played? And like you said, how you have to, like, sometimes assimilate to to make things happen and it might compromise you know a lot of who you are or what you want to do but like again what's the greater good what's your end goal and where you're trying to go um mm-hmm. so i think that happens a lot when you're the minority in a situation especially if you're the only woman you're the only woman of color um there's a lot of things you kind of have to like you know shift and kind of bend and do things to just you know it's kind of similar to the criticism of bernie for um gun control you know, and he said he said on the debate, I have a D minus from the NRA. I have a D minus from I can't do Bernie. <laughs> I have a good time Hard doing do. him. I don't know if I could do it now that I've set myself up, but I have a D minus from the NRA. It's like half drunk on Bernie. Yeah, the hands are aggressive enough. Well, yeah, exactly. Um, no, With I, my baritone the... and your accent. <laughs> that's right. You do got the more East Coast accent. But the thing that's anno- that's annoying to me too. Like the. Yeah, he hunting state. I get it. Like I, Bernie's gonna be on our side with NRA, so it's annoying that they go after him like that. It's annoying about the Kamala mar- uh, marijuana thing. I don't think it's as annoying to go after Joe Biden for the crime bill that mm. he co no. signed and advocated. Because the the culture of being tough on crime as like a political strategy is so documented that it's impossible for him yeah. to just like shrug it off. Right. I cannot wait for when him and Bernie are on the same debate stage and that comes up. That's gonna be so juicy. That's gonna be a good debate. Oh we, have, we have to have like September. a like um like a big debate watching. Yep, oh, that'd be fun. That's snacks. Be a good one. Oh my god, that's what I was thinking <laughs> about the snacks too. <laughs> uh. Right. Um, okay. Yes, yeah, so we digress. Uh, oh yeah, I really enjoyed Co- Cory Booker until he said that fucking Kool Aid line. Yeah. It was- which he has gotten a lot of kudos for on the internet. Kudos? Yeah. Kudos for the Kool-Aid. Oh, my God. I've never fucking heard that phrase. You dipped your hand in the Kool-Aid. You don't know what flavor it is? Yeah. I, I mean, I think Can we break that down and how that would make sense? You put your finger in something and you don't know the taste of it? Well, maybe it's like you dipped your hand into something. You don't even know if you want it yet because you don't know what the flavor it is. Because yeah, if it was who, purple Kool-Aid and I dipped my finger in it, I'd be like, fuck, what am I going to do now? Because I'm not licking my finger. Yeah, but who dips their finger? You pour it in a glass. Why are well, you, you dipping your finger? you pour it into a picture and make a picture of Kool-Aid. Right. And then pour that into the glass. Right. So do you stick your hand? It's kind of like dipping into like the dry powder, you know, like. Oh, the pow- is it the powder or is it the pre-made drink? It just seems like you can't taste with your fingers, so I don't understand the, what it means. You're jumping head first into something you don't know about is maybe. What do, yeah, I think it's like, yeah, you're like getting involved in something you don't really know. It was know in about. response to Biden, probably. Yeah, it was to Biden. And it means that. It was I because, just, well, Biden was trying to criticize Booker for his criminal justice record um, because he was sort of attacked for his crime bill. Um, but basically what Cory Booker was trying to say was, um, you think you're, you think that you're hitting like on a nail here, but it's actually like this. You're digging, you're digging a hole for yourself. Mm. Okay. Like you don't know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, like me dipping my finger in some purple Kool Aid. Like, oh shit, what am I gonna do with this now? Thinking I was going for the cherry. But you lick your finger after? Yeah, because like if you dip something in like a powder, like a fun dip almost, mm-hmm. right? You get the think, flavor. I just think it's a fake phrase. I'm only half black, so I can't. I think he's trying to make fetch speak happen. for the coalition. Thought maybe it was like a drinking the Kool Aid type of thing, but I, I, 
I think it's like I think it's like this is not your place to talk about this. Well, I think it's mm. like you think you knew what you're like you said yeah. before, like you didn't hit the nail on the head. You think you know what you're doing. You're dipping your finger in the cool. You don't even know the flavor. It's like you're just going for something to go for it versus if it's something. Um, but yeah, Booker didn't really do it for me. I, I liked him. He didn't really do it for Listen, me. Like I said, he, isn't he? Uh, he's vegan. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sorry. America's not ready for a vegan person. Wait, is he still dating Rosario Dawson? I think yes. so. Like I wow. said, <laughs> episode one. The vegan with the Hollywood actress girlfriend is not going to win. Cannot. But it's not really coming up, though. You know? I, I well, haven't I mean, seen if anybody's article. listening to this podcast, they'll know. And yeah, that's, that's true. It's coming about, up right uh, here. 75 people out of the rest of the country. <laughs> so. Hmm. <laughs> No, I mean I thought sizable portion. Mm-hmm. No, I don't. I don't know about small Booker. sample. Like I, I appreciate like a lot of stuff he brings and like his ideas, but I don't think he has the charisma to be like the president. Yeah, Marianne is a nut job. Mm. Yeah. Sure. Oh. So this, I was telling Sam earlier, she's written a lot of books that are reference. She her her big thing that she believes in is this book, A Course in Miracles. Which is a Bible a that marries spiritual New Age spiritualism with Christianity from a woman who was a research psychologist in the seventies who believed that Jesus, you know, like any good person who wrote a book from the Mormon people to whoever, believes Jesus was talking to her and to- telling her to write these things down. Mm. Though some people interpret that as a metaphor, um, even though she talks about Christ crazy. constantly in it. Um, but anyway, it's it it's basically all the philosophies of the secret and of hmm. interpreting God as a, as Positive a force, thinking. as love, as something that binds us together energy. Hmm. A lot of which could have a lot of use and application yeah. right, right. to yeah, yeah. our everyday lives. But Marianne Williamson's books are like very literal in terms of um, health, her beliefs about depression, antidepressants. Yeah, I was going to say, I saw something and I... Oh, also, forgive me, I didn't do like the body shame. Yeah, I I saw there like some things with um, like uh, like the um, the disabled community and mental health community that was like, yo, this bitch is hella dangerous for us. So fuck that shit. Do you guys know? Yeah. So it's I. She was. She has a lot of things that are. She kind of she kind of said you could like positive think away AIDS. What? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) She she has um. A whole section in her book, A Return to Love, mm. about writing to your terminal illnesses to have a conversation with them. Which, again, like, if you're a therapist, there's nothing wrong with that. But the content, this is the imagined uh, voice of the AIDS virus, according to Marianne Williamson, of something that could help someone in a philosophy, I guess, that she believes is sound. Uh-huh, uh-huh. In terms of, like, healing. Oh, because okay. her so whole she thing is literally thinks you can heal she, a terminal illness if you. I think that what sums it up the best is that she is upset that when they find a cure for AIDS, the people who will get the most. Okay, here's the quote, direct quote: "When the cure for AIDS is finally found, we will give prizes to a few scientists, but many of us will know that millions and millions of prayers helped it happen." Okay, I guess you know if she was if she was Christian talking about Jesus, it wouldn't be that far fetched. Right? Hey, what do you think? Uh... I mean, but there is a the subtext is a that hint of people believe too dangerous. much in science, Ye- oh, yeah, and it, yeah, it carries yeah. over into the do- the sort of dog whistle line about vaxes. More wine because this is stressing me. Out. There's a there's a capitulating line that anti-vax people who are afraid to admit that they're anti-vax use where they say I'm not against vaccines I'm against the government basically doing things to us without telling us fair potentially Um, but what advocates for vaccines and for like truth in vaccines have said is that that's that there's almost no one coming out and and showing trying to show evidence or saying that there's something wrong with vaccines Mm. that all of the conspiracies are about the government abusing vaccines mm. to indoctrinate us or to put things in our children. So yeah, from, to stop us from so getting polio. It's that that is usually the argument that's already made from anti-vaxxers. So the to say that it's proof that she is not anti-vax 
when she is basically she she hasn't proved that because that argument is already an argument anti-vaxxers use. She mm. just like wanted. So if she wanted to distance herself from it, that was not the way to do it. Yeah. And it's so subtle because people at home aren't necessarily like super up on tactics of these groups. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with her language about um, illness and disability right. of it being something that people, an illusion of the mind. Because, you know, there is a scientific mm. truth about pain being yes. something of the mind. But then you also have terminal illnesses that attack the mind, like Parkinson's yeah. and MS. So it doesn't matter. And, like, and she arg- she argues for like a soul that is untouched by illness. That's some fucking Scientology. And, mm. and sprinkle like a little sprinkle. And I it, mean, I don't I'm not saying she is. The, I don't think she is. Only but it's a little, it's a it, the only reason it matters is that the language she uses to talk about it is language that is like raises red flags for these organizations. There was one they were saying that she she refers to them on her website as differently abled which is something that has been like a term that's been renounced and it mm. comes back to that mm. kind of like she she's not very woke to the needs of people that she seems to talk a lot about knowing how to help them best mm. and which is something that is not new right exactly yeah. it's just that Marianne Williamson talking about love that seems like you would be like really personal like you would right. you would actually be talking to these people and not making assumptions about what's she's definitely a shade of like the Democratic Party, really, the an- the crazy anti-vaxxers who like believe in positive thinking. It's like a, a shade on the debate stage that I don't feel like I, I don't want like to be represented. Like people who voted for right. Jill Stein. Yeah, I don't want to be represented right now. Um, no offense. Well, yeah, I'm gonna, sorry, guys. Um, just don't represent the majority and he's going to be able to right, like, get exactly. the voting. So. And I, she also seems like, you know, somebody who orders iced teas at country clubs. You know, a little... little uh, we pers- give free refills of iced teas at my job. And there are some people that will get like eight in a day. You said free refill. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like challenge accepted. Yeah, like if if either of you want to come in and get, you know, obviously yeah. I would Zach brought give me you some bread. And <laughs> <laughs> just tore it open and ate it. It was delicious. Yeah. Mm. I just see her like, you know, that's her vibe. Like she's rich, she's white, she's a plastic surgery. She probably calls waiters by the wrong names. Man, uh, 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 yeah, yeah, differently able, differently able. I don't know these terms. Spirits like Lucille from. Uh, Arrested Development. Yeah, but I think at least... Or like her hippie friend. Yeah, yeah. So she's definitely like got a lot more... A shade of, a, like, of hippie to her. Yeah, like she's tried, but she, I think... her. I mean, her argument is literally... She hates wonkiness because she thinks that all of the fray that people are... All the, all the details that people like economists and like people who have to study like that to her in her philosophy is missing the forest for the trees and that there's a greater truth that... It, I mean, it's Ber- kind of like Bernie's argument of like the revolution happens when you believe it can happen by committing to it. Mm. It's her belief of like... But Bernie backs it with like policies and... Well, yeah. Past protests. Definitely, compared to her, he... Yeah. You know, seems like he has... There's... It's a bit Trumpian too. Like, let's forget about the details. I'm just gonna... We're gonna make it shit happen. Right. Yeah. It's also like a forecast for a society that isn't the majority. So, like, it's it's not mm -hmm. like necessarily... Even if I agree with it or not, necessarily, I want to say, like, inherently wrong or whatever. I'm definitely down for, like, you know, more love and positivity. And, and I think there's a lot of stuff, just, like, power of thought mm-hmm. that I kind of believe in. Yeah, I, I agree, too. But there's I think, like, merits to that. that's not the person who's going to be the fucking president. No. It can be, you know, like. They're, they could have a shade of that, but that can't be their whole. It can't. And not now. Yeah. Not in 2019. Not in where we're at in this country. It's co- too important. Yeah. I mean, because we've already done that yeah maybe 200 years from now like a bitch like her will be president um <laughs> but not now a bitch like her. not now you know like no. like and then i think that's what's so frustrating about like seeing 20 uh candidates on the stage or 10 and 10 um per night but it's just like you guys this is really important you know like 2020 elections are important and i don't need so many people like diluting you know the the voting group and like yeah, just track or distracting people from like you know what's happening and like I, I don't know I I'm just ready for the third round like I just like let's just, narrow it down there's a lot of people that just like will not let their idea of their legacy be fucked with mm. and they might really be convinced they care more about like policy and people but if they're if, when they spend more time defending their record especially when it's the ones that um 
<laughs> seem likely to have no chance to win. Mm-hmm. It's like, are you running because of you or because of your ideas? And obviously, it's that's that's why people were so upset um, when they looked back in hindsight. Some people on Barack Obama's legacy compared to like what he said on the campaign trail, because mm. they were like, finally, someone who really seems like they're doing this because they want to help people, not because it's just um, reaching a new level in their career. Yeah, mm. and, then, and then the Republicans said, oh, finally, a black president. So, so, we, could, so yeah. we could oppose everything he ever wanted to do and try to block him yeah. in every fucking corner. And, and they just knew that they, they had, at least in a sense, a plurality of people who'd be willing to, to see that as, like, you know, just the fact that he was Barack Obama was the 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 warrant that was necessary to search the house, you know, Mm -hmm. that they didn't need because there never needed there. There never was any kind of smoking gun with Obama that made him somehow right unprofessional or unpresidential or yeah i will i don't don't think i'll ever have that disappointment i understand i don't understand where people are coming from because i think they're forgetting about all the obstructionist congress he had to work with they stopped they stopped (laughs) that this is what happened is that the recession happened people stopped caring about nuance and politics because they had no money and were freaking out and and because the, the news and the media and everything was about freaking out but he got us out of the recession you know what i mean like he even he did that Republicans. I think they just did such a good job of making sure he could take no credit for it. And it worked like people. Mm-hmm. People thought of him as riding on the coattails of the turnaround rather than like being the hero. Um, so, yeah, I think for uh, for debate night two for me, it's uh, Elizabeth Warren. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sam's been riding the Elizabeth Warren every time. A minute now. I think like episode was episode two or three where you're like. We like really dive deep into your love for her. I forget, but I like her too. I do miss her she when feel, she's not on stage. She hears she she feels like she's here to help. You know, mm-hmm. I really get that from her. I don't like. Well, she I also think, looks like she did her homework, which I yeah. appreciate. Yeah. And Kamala did her homework, but I still feel like Kamala's maybe more here for her. That mm. which might not be true. Probably not true. Yeah, but but that's I like think, the vibe I'm getting with this. And I think that type of vibe and like the optics that people feel from a candidate versus like. You know, like what they actually bring to the table when it comes to policies, like matters, and that's why we were talking about like the charisma of somebody. Like, like not only do you have to come with the right shit and have done your homework, but you have to be enough, like where enough people want to see you on their TV every day or or care about you enough, or they're they're drawn towards you. And I think that's just a little bit of what Warren lacks. And I think that, like, not for me personally, I just think from a larger kind of like like more people like out there and i think sometimes it may uh hit too close to home to like hillary for some people and i think that's why they they that's what my mom says she finds her to be dull she's like i agree with a lot of the things she says and and i want you know i i believe she's very smart you know she'll give her credit right but she's just so dull you know it's like what do you expect what do you want you want trump exactly But I, mean, but I don't even find her to be dull. I, I'm I, always like riveted. Do I? Yeah. I just for her, I, this is obviously probably not true because this can't be true about most people. But she just doesn't seem like she has an agenda or mm. an ulterior motive. Mm-hmm. She just seems like she is so well versed in certain things that she's just like, if only I had access to be able to put in place yeah. reforms that I know would work on paper. Right. And it just seems like everyone else has a narrative about their own life that comes before. I mean, even Cory Booker. Yeah. Who, yeah. like, has accomplished a lot, but there's something about him that it does seem like... There's so, like, celebrity comes before mm. duty. Mm. Whereas Elizabeth Warren doesn't seem like someone who necessarily enjoys celebrity. Who? So who do you guys... Who do you guys think of your... For night two or just overall? Yeah, I guess for night two. Night two. Did we say? Did you, I said Warren, obviously. Julian Castro. <laughs> who Leon we have? Castro, who like, we haven't talked about once in this whole time. He cracks me up because like a lot of like um, the way he speaks like reminds me of Obama. Like, mm. like oh, I yeah, am. Did it? Like the, like the pauses he takes to like. Did you hear what I said? Pause. Let it resonate. And yeah. now here's something else. You know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> that. I'm just like okay. That's natural with Obama, but for Julio, it seems like it's being forced and replicated. Yeah. I saw some, I can't remember, I mean, it was like sup bitches or something. They put like a, a poll on Instagram where it had 
him and his brother and they're like are they hot or are they hot for lawmakers and i voted hot for lawmakers <laughs> yeah hot for lawmakers hot for lawmakers yeah so, so his, his so his big oh thing. And yang was on the second round oh yeah yang did i think he did fine he did fine yeah yang i, I want that ubi I every time we say UBI, it sounds like UTI, and I'm like, I do not want that. <laughs> I want yeah, that freedom dividend. That. So Yang has taken. So, so this is an interesting thing that also goes back to that like question of like, what the whole election is about. Everyone needs it to be about something. Yang is like definitely falling on the side of. I, I feel like the whole elections. It's not about ideology. It's about presentation, mm. and he is on the side of presenting yourself as someone worthy of having the torch passed to mm. them. And I think that's why Kamala is coming out and seeming so like irate in a way. Like, uh, I mean, to some people, I mean, she isn't really, she bottles it up pretty well. Yeah. I think she does a good but, job. At but that it's well. just like, you know, but like, she's right on the cusp, right? Mm-hmm. She, she spent so many years working within institutions that she thought at some point, like there's a limit to how much you can change without being fired or, Right. I mean, like, and, and then I was reading today, like, prosecutors have, no one's ever asked them to be considered progressive because that's, like, not their job. Right. And it's only now that the idea of a pro- progressive prosecutor is something that, like, le- like more left-wing progressives are, like, demanding. Right. And she's like, but she's probably just used to, in her life, the majority of the time thinking that she is an exception, that she is maybe a role model mm. because we were saying like, she's probably so rare in her field. Mm. I liked her closing. St- I liked actually liked Yang's closing statement, Kamala's and Tulsi Gabbard's. Mm-hmm. Um, well, why did you like their? I don't yeah. remember their closing Co- statement. Well, Kamala just like, here's why I'm going to beat Trump. Cause he's a predator. Mm. He has predatory behavior. Mm. He does this. And I know I, as a prosecutor, I know how to, and I just, Trump is a predator. We've talked about this, like whatever. But it was just so clearly like, hello, guys. Are we forgetting the fact that this mm. guy's a scumbag and I'm going to fucking smash him in like the debate? Mm. You know? Yeah. Oh, smash him. Yeah. Jersey Shore reference. Yeah. This, mean, this isn't a little just different. That smush. This oh, isn't smush, just like me? someone with bad policy ideas. It's yeah. an actual like psycho. Yeah. And I liked Andrew <laughs> Yang's a lot. I forget what it was, but I just remember being like, whoa, good job, buddy. I yeah. what it was though. Well, he he's really good at ta- like at keeping at like succinctly saying his points in the allotted amount of time and then like physically being able to speak quickly mm-hmm, and have yeah. every word be understood. And then count and make it count. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. But what yeah. I find really interesting about him is that like even though he did get a lot like I saw a chart of who got the most increase in followers and like he and I think Julian Castro actually like get, got like big jumps but i know that oh no marion williamson she was number one she got the most increases but he he's always like second or number right. one in those metrics and it, but what's interesting is that he's not necessarily a like progressive stalwart and not even just right. because he doesn't have experience mm-hmm. you know he has a lot like we were talking about climate change earlier he has some pretty basic ideas about climate change like give people universal basic income and that the people who live on coasts with rising sea levels will be able to move mm-hmm. but no matter how they disagree on climate change or health care, Andrew Yang, I don't think, supports medical, Medicare for all. Mm-hmm. They still fall into this group of if you're of a certain level of progressivism and like left wing liberalism or a certain age group, these people you can vote for and it represents not being beholden to like establishment politics. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which, you know, I'm fine with that. Right. I guess I'm fine with it as long as it doesn't eliminate or work to eliminate a candidate that is right. good. I, I don't think he's going to get the nomination, though. I don't well, like, like, like yeah, what he has to say. I would love a UBI. So, so far, there's already eight of the candidates that qualify for the next debate. It's too many. Biden, Booker, Buttigieg. Buttigieg? 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 Whatever Buttigieg. you want, girl. It's Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Yeah. Say it again. Buttigieg. <laughs> Okay, booty jizz. <laughs> um, booty jizz. Harris. Which is one of the Klobuchar. O'Rourke. O'Rourke. Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. And very close, um, 
or Yang and Castro. I think Biden looked good because people kept coming for him, and he it was like he's just like this old grandpa. Like, yeah. Hey, I was with Obama. Why are you coming for me? It's true, but Kamala. And uh, I just really want to just uh, throw this out there. I know we're talking about the future of the Democratic Party, but the future of the Republican Party, the last um, black House of Representative, a Republican, will not be running for re-election next year. <laughs> so nice. I believe it will be an all-white male party. Not, like, not women as well, but I think all the men in the party are white. I bet all the women are white, too, now. Mm. So, that's alarming and it's scary. And he and he basically cited Trump. He's like, you know, you can, you're either with Trump or you're not with Trump. Right. And he can't get down with all of like this the racist shit he's been saying. Mm. And mm. It, I mean, he didn't say any of that, but like that was kind of overall. Was, like, yeah, that was the overall. That was the subtext of it. And um, that's scary. That shouldn't be. Um, you know, that one party should not be all one race. And uh, just shows who their constituents are. Totally. So we got We have to win. Well, there's a lot to unpack with the the 2020 round two, and I guess round two and three, or it's just currently round two, two nights of the debate. Yeah, we had a lot to smudge in here. So we'll see what happens um, with round three. Hopefully, it's less than fucking ten on the stage, right? Is it gonna be eight? Is that I know eight of eight, qualified. Eight already. of qualified. So yeah, it could so be it, more. it could be more. Okay, okay. Well. Oh, one, two interesting things I read this week that I think sum up a lot of different things on extremes. Michael Moore and, uh, and Steve Bannon are both commenting on the current Democratic debate and primary process. Michael Moore says that if Michelle Obama r- ran, that she would w- beat Trump by enormous margins. Cool. She said She's she doesn't want to run. Yeah. She's not. Michael Moore, she's not running. And Steve Bannon has said, this was like, in their, they basically had the same take. He was like, someone, someone who's going to, the person who's going to win the primary is probably someone who hasn't entered it yet. Which is just to say. That, that no one has a chance of winning. Well, I guess that is an interesting take. Right? I, I thought it just meant that, that he expects there to be some sort of like bombshell surprise. You know, something yeah. Trumpian. Mm. Mm. I, well, it just but, sounds like yeah. he, he said, he, yeah, he, he was basically, I mean, I guess you're right. It's a way of saying no one who's running right now can, is, is, is worthy. Is, yeah. Is worthy yeah, or, yeah, I think that's what I'm saying. I yeah. think both guys I guess are saying that's that, true. which is annoying. Yeah, I guess Michael Moore is saying that too. Yeah. He's saying the only person, I mean, he is saying that he wants to beat Trump and he wants Democrats to win. He refers to it as we, so at least he has the illusion that he considers himself a Democrat who wants Democrats to win no matter what. Right. Like he was basically saying he don't he won't he doesn't think that'll happen unless unless we have like a, somebody like Michelle runs. What's that bitch? Someone, I, don't, I don't enjoy her. She, agree with that she point definitely of view. doesn't want. She's to be like, no. Nah. Okay, I had my shit for the last eight years. You all talking about my sleeveless dresses, my exactly. arms? She, like, yeah. no. I mean, I would kill for her to be my president. I would literally. Uh, I'd be kill. so happy. I would so be so happy. It would be a pleasant surprise. Oh my god. Yeah, she ran. But I would also be like, no, Michelle, uh, you shouldn't do this. I'd never give a blowjob again. Uh-huh. Whoa. Wait, that's weird because you say like it's a, well, I guess maybe I don't know how much you like getting blowjobs because you say like it's a sacrifice. Like, uh, I'll never give a blowjob again. I know. I like giving them. Okay. Oh, like you would give them up for Lent if Lent meant Michelle no, Obama. I'm just saying. <laughs> if Michelle worked? Obama won, <laughs> Sam would stop giving, or you, were, or you would stop giving blowjobs to make. I would just say to prove a point because I, I don't mind giving them, but I'm just never going to do it again. Oh, yeah, like in like oh, a list of Michelle Strata Obama's kind of president way. now. Oh. I don't have to get blowjobs. Oh. oh, okay. All right. Well, oh that's such like a like power play. Just be, take. It yes, just be <laughs> annoying. Yeah. Michelle Obama's president. I no longer need to get blowjobs. That's actually part of her policy and why I voted for her. So you're welcome. And like, what if your boyfriend was like, "Oh, now that Michelle Obama's president, I have to do the things to you that I want." Meet you. To, that are on, I, you know, I don't want to be too vulgar. Go I'm going to eat your pussy girl. more. <laughs> <laughs> there, I said it. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure that would be part of Michelle Obama's policy. <laughs> hey I'm just saying, like, that I feel like to me that is like healthy school lunches like, and lingus. <laughs> <laughs> that's like what oh, that's the red pill people will think, you know, like Michelle Obama wins, women are just going to become gladiators and kill all the men and blah 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 I think it's uh, mm. but first we'd be no more blowjobs exactly <laughs> even if we wanted to give them or not like yeah well, I wish I could give you this blowjob right now but Michelle said no so peace 
That was a bad joke. It's fine. It's all right. Well, on that note, <laughs> I think we should uh, it's hot. wrap it up. Zach, I really appreciate you joining us today to talk oh, about thanks these for debates. Me. It was so much fun. Time. Thanks for coming, Zach. You're welcome. I can't wait for debate number three. Let's see who fucking makes it. It's like cage match. Remember celebrity cage death cage match yes. on MTV? Oh, the, the like yeah, celebrity death show? match. Yeah, that was dope. And they had the actual referee, right, from uh, WWF or E? That's oh, something I would never have v- known. Yeah, I was like, you really <laughs> were but a fan of again, that show. <laughs> sure. Full of surprises, Sam. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks again, guys, for tuning in. We appreciate you. Don't forget to uh, follow us at highly underscore political and to like subscribe leave a comment like zach did as our almost number one but number th- number three, uh, three commenter on uh, itunes i had a really good title and it got cut off i guess there's a limit to what shows on your phone well think about your title before you leave a comment yeah, it needs it to be short um thanks again guys bye, bye. bye.